When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. So I am aware that the sound is a little bit off. We are working on it. Bear with us. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of perplexed by this. I do a plethora of shows with this mic. And then the ticket's phenomenal. Phenomenal work, phenomenal people. But this is the only show where I have this issue, so we're trying to work through it. So I ask for your patience, appreciate it, and bear with us, if you don't mind. All right. Now, I'm going to be joined by former Husker offensive lineman and teammate. This is a man who started the majority of games all four years. He was at Nebraska. Six foot five, 320 pounds. First team All-Big 12. Three-time All-Big 12 performer. Ten-year NFL veteran and started 100 113 of 116 games he was in in the NFL. Mr. Matt Slauson. How you doing, my friend? Matt, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. How you doing, dude? Adam, I'm good. How are you, man? Dude, life is good. I cannot complain. Now, you're a guy who started games as a true freshman. Okay? I'm curious... Because we've got some young quarterbacks. We've got some young guys who started last year true freshmen. We've got some guys that are looking, hopefully they can make an impact this year as a true freshman. What was it like being asked to start some games as a true freshman for you? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, that was, uh, that was a real ter- terrifying time. I mean, you come in as a uh, kind of a unknown recruit, and, uh, you know, you're backing up one of the best the best tackles in uh, the Big 12 in Sepo Avare. And, uh, you know, when he got hurt, I seriously thought, uh, like, I was going to get cut. So that way, you know, the team could bring in somebody that could actually play and help uh, the team. And uh, so uh, uh, the night Sepo got hurt, I get a call from Callahan that he wanted, wanted to see me. So he brings me into his office, and uh, I bring my playbook because I'm expecting to get cut. And, uh, and he says, okay, are you, are you ready? I said, yep. And he goes, you're going to start, start the rest of the year. I was like, wait, what? Uh, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I've been watching you. I think you can do it. Well, um, to kind of put a, put a feather in your cap, Adam, uh, the entire next week, you and Jay Moore beat the ever-living snot out of me uh, every day. And... Uh, and I don't know if you remember this, but this was kind of a turning point in my career. After one of those practices, 
Callahan kept you and me after practice, and he just had you line up in a wide nine, and he'd have me do an eight-hole reach just over and over and over, and you would just beat my face in. And uh, and I I don't know how many rounds we went, but um, you know I I was exhausted. I was I had snot coming out of my nose, and and I finally got you on one. And Callahan stopped 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 the drill, and he goes, "All right, whatever just happened needs to happen on every single play." It's like, oh, easy, I can do that. So you know, for me, what it took was a catalyst, and uh, and and. You know, Callahan was such an amazing offensive line coach that that he knew I had to figure it out for myself. And with enough beatings, I was going to figure it out. And I did. So, uh, uh, yeah, again, a lot of my success was because of you and Jay Moore getting to go against the two best defensive ends in the Big 12. Helped me out tremendously. What, here's what I remember. I remember going against you. Oklahoma drill, one-on-ones, nine-on-seven, blitz drill, team drill over the years. I think the last two, maybe three years I was there. I still remember the first time I saw you because you actually came into camp late, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone saying, there's this new guy here from Air Force. And so I thought you had actually mm-hmm. come from you know, the University of Air Force. Um, but I remember watching you, man, that guy's big. And he actually, I was like, I don't think he's going to move well. Somebody that big, that young ain't going to move well. And then you did. I was like, holy crap, this dude can, like, play. And then when Seppo went down and you, you started starting, I was like, I had, like, no worries. Seppo's obviously a good tackle, but I was like, this dude's going to be just, just fine. So I remember seeing you in the weight room for the first time because you did come in a little bit late. And uh, I don't know, man. You played – you impressed me. You played so well right off the bat that when I found out Seppo was down and you were starting, I was like, ah, we're good to go. He'll, he'll make some freshman mistakes, but beyond that, we'll be just fine. So you brought up Callahan. I want to ask, because you played for him, obviously, throughout your college career. He was your head coach. And then you played for him three years at the New York Jets. He was your offensive line coach. So I'm curious, because he's known. Just He was actually just hired by his son, Brian Callahan, at the Tennessee Titans. That'd be weird to be hired by your son to work <laughs> for him. He's going to be his offensive line coach there at the Titans. But I'm curious, what was it like playing for Callahan when he was your head coach? Okay, and versus as your offensive line coach in the league. Uh, that's uh, that's a great great question. Um, you know, Bill was was very very different as a as a position coach in in the NFL than he was as a head coach in college. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was his uh, perfectionist kind of attitude or 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 what it was, but him and I actually became really, really close at the Jets. And, uh, and, you know, I really respected him as a head coach at Nebraska, but my respect level went through the roof when I got with him, you know, in the NFL, he, he pretty much molded me from an 18 year old kid on. Um, and, uh, you know, I say he's, he's kind of like my football father, uh, and that was the truth. You know, I never wanted to disappoint him. Um, and, you know, in college, it's hard to have that relationship with, with you know, a head coach because they're, they're constantly dealing with, with different things all over the place with the recruiting and the media. Uh, when I got to, to be around him on a much more personal level day in, day out in the pros was, uh, was a tremendous experience for, for me to be around a guy that – who I believe is the best offensive line coach the NFL has ever seen. Now, let's talk about, you're at the Jets, 
you come to Landover, Maryland to play the team known as the Redskins at the time. <laughs> and I'm going against the center, and all of a sudden I feel this cheap shot in my back, and I'm on the ground, and I look up, and you're staring at me smiling. So let's talk about this cheap shot block in the back. And what are your thoughts on those things, Matt? Okay, well, uh, <laughs> to be fair, as you know, uh, the rules were a lot different back then. Also, uh, as you know, when you're in the heat of a game, sometimes you you kind of black out for a minute. Uh, I mean, you're just out there focusing on your job. Uh, you know, we're all out there playing for, you know, wives and children and, you know, families, uh, legacy. So you obviously are a guy that I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Um, so if there was any cheap shot going on, I apologize. Uh, it's just one of those things you see red and you just go. All right. So I may have fudged some of the facts there. The fact was I was going against the center. You had no one blocking you, and you hit me in the side of the shoulder. But I ended up on the ground because I had no idea it was coming. So, of course, it had to be a cheap shot and a block in the back. It couldn't be a legal block, Matt. You had to know that was coming. I mean, there's no way that could happen, right? So I had to fudge some no. of the facts there just a little bit. Now, you know, Nick, Nick Mangold at the Jets, you know, future Hall of Fame center, um, he had a way of setting up the note note nose guards that that i i never really got to experience again in my career uh, you know i got to spend my first four years in the nfl uh, playing next uh, to nick and uh and and then i continued on uh to play a total of 10 but i never had a center that had a knack of setting up a nose nose guard i don't, I don't know what what it is but taking the entirety of the nose guard's attention uh, so that way I could kind of swoop in and, and, and give a little rib, rib shot here and there. Uh, and unfortunately, you were on the receiving end of one of those. But, uh, you know, I've been on the receiving end of you quite a few times. No, you're all good. I had to bust your chops. Um, it's interesting because the year before you got there, so when you were there, I think they had Nick and they had DeBrickashaw left tackle. I don't think he well, left yet, DeBrickashaw. The year no, before you no. got there, it was Nick, DeBrickashaw, Two first-round picks, two of the best ever. Obviously, you were there the year after, but right before then was Alan Fanica. I mean, yeah, dude, that so I whole left him side. My rookie year. Oh, you were there. Okay. That whole left side of the Jets line was just insane. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, that was a joy to go against. Ha. Huh. All right, let's chat about a couple other things, my friend. So you had a podcast. I don't know if you're still doing it or not. If you are, give no. it a shout-out. If not, okay. Oh, you were doing it with Danny Woodhead. That. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you doing that. Uh, we, we haven't done it in quite, quite some, some, some time. Um, I don't know if it's officially over or not, but we just decided to take, take a break. Um, you know, Danny is doing a lot of business things on his end. Uh, my wife and I started up, uh, you know, farming operation, uh, with components of like a holiday farm, pumpkin patch, sweet corn squash board, miniature cattle. Um, so, uh, you know, between all the other things we have going on with our kids and the businesses, uh, it's kind of taking a backseat. seat. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I got you. It, it could be challenging uh, to do that, to do things like that on a frequent, reoccurring basis. Just finding things to talk about can be challenging. So I, I completely understand it. One of the questions I've always wanted to ask, and I don't know if I ever have. Now, keep in mind, I am a guy who saw a speech therapist K through five. All right, Mrs. Mary Shaw. I don't think I've ever eaten more animal crackers in my life than when I saw her. I, I would say something right or I'd pronounce something correctly, and she'd give me an animal cracker, and I freaking loved it. Okay, and so I'm a guy who was so scared growing up to talk publicly, I was scared to order a pizza. So the fact that I'm doing this for a living now absolutely flabbergasts me. I mean, you can probably attest to how quiet I was in college. Okay, uh-huh. so I've always wanted to ask you this, and it's actually prompted by something Tom Chattel said, oh, a couple, three years ago, I think in an article, or I forget where I saw it. He actually said you were one of his heroes because Tom has a bit of a stutter. And every time I see him post a video on YouTube, I have such admiration because it takes such, I'm just going to say, it takes guts and balls if that's something you deal with to put a microphone and a camera in front of your face and being willing to go. So I have the utmost respect for Tom whenever he does that and stuff he does in general. But for you on your end, like to do an interview like this or to do the podcast, you know, how have you dealt with the stutter and, and speech and things over the years? I'm just kind of curious because someone who's kind of dealt with it myself at times. Yeah, um, you know, it was just sort of a decision I had to make really on in my career when I was in college. When I, when I took over the start, starting job, um, uh, you know, for people who don't know, um, every, every team has a, has a media department, media relations, and, uh, and I remember when I took over the starting job, the media person came to me and said, hey, um, you know, they, there's like a press conference, bunch of reporters want to talk to you, want to put you on camera. Uh, I understand with your speech issues, you may not be comfortable with that. I was like, no, let's, let, let's do it. Uh, I, I can't hide, hide from this. You know, I'm going to have to do them eventually. So, um, I, I just have to go and I have to show the world who I am and, um, they're either going to accept it or they're going to not, but, but either way I have a job to do. And, how I appear in front of cameras and press, uh, it isn't going to change the things that I have, have to do. And this is kind of part of the job. So I got to embrace it. And, and when I had that, that reckoning, it kind of changed my perspective of my stutter. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I hid from anymore. Uh, uh, you know, obviously I wish I didn't have it, but it's part of, of what makes me, me. And, uh, uh, now as a father myself, uh, you know, challenges that my kids come across, uh, I'm able to kind of 
come at it at a dip, different perspective than what they have. And uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm in full embrace mode of it now. I've had speech therapists from all over the country contact me throughout my career, and uh, they'd say we can help you with your problem. And I'd say what what problem are you talking about? Because I don't I, like I don't it. believe I have I don't believe I have one. I like it, dude. A lot of times. Um, what other people might perceive as a weakness can actually be a strength. So that that's awesome, dude. Kudos to you for that. Last two questions I got for you. All right, a former three-time all-conference performer, first-team all-big 12. Obviously, you understand offensive line and offensive tackle play. So I want to ask you two questions. The first one is this. Bryce Benhart, his improvement from the previous couple of years to last season was quite noticeable. He's going to be back next year for the Huskers. So talk to me about what he's been doing better as to why his play improved a year ago. And then also talk to me about guys like Turner Corcoran, who've kind of struggled. And I know Turner got hurt at the end of last year, but he's kind of struggled. He's an uber-talented, highly recruited guy. And a guy like Teddy Prohaska, who started at the end of the year. What did you see from our offensive tackles a couple of years ago last year due to their recent play? Well, I, um, you know, I will be honest. For the last... For the last few few years, it's been difficult to watch as uh, as an offensive line line guy. Um, but I think this this coaching staff, what they're doing now, um, is they're bringing in uh, they're bringing back accountability, the fear the fear of failure, right? Um, you know, for whatever reason, you don't want to disappoint your coach. You don't want to get yelled at in front of your teammates. You don't want to get yelled at publicly on the sideline when cameras are on you and your parents are in the stands or your girlfriend's in the stands, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that this, that this staff is doing, doing a tremendous job about bringing accountability back. And, and on that note, uh, last year, I finally started to see our tackles punching again. You know, it's it. Offensive line play, as you know, is extremely complicated. There's a lot of things that you're thinking about, worrying about. Your steps have have to be precise. You have to work in unison with all the other players on the offensive line. That when a young player is doing all that, sometimes they just forget the easiest thing, and that's just to just go punch a guy in the chest. Because you're worrying about your feet and, you know, the angle of your knee and how to open your hips and, uh, you know, the hat placement and then your responsibilities, not only on the line of scrimmage, but then your second level responsibilities and potentially third, third level, uh, that these young guys just don't punch. And for a lot of years, I've just watched a lot of just basic, just go out there, draw a line in the sand and just punch a guy. And I haven't seen a lot of that. Last year I started to see it. So I started to open my eyes a little bit and go, okay, we finally got, we finally got some improvement coming. And now don't get me wrong. We still have a long, a long way to go on the offensive line, but at least now the direction is, is, uh, is, uh, is everything's going in the right uh, direction. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, Rayola is a coach that these offensive linemen want to fight for, which is good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got one last question for Matt, but just a reminder, we're, you're joining us on the Aloe Fiber VIP line, the Sutter Heyman Jewelers video stream, and sending your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or otherwise to 
464-5685. The people's segment's right around the corner. The last question I got for Matt. Last year, the offensive line improved from the start of the year to the end of the year, especially run blocking. Okay, They seem to still struggle, in my opinion, more when it came to pass blocking. All right, what are your thoughts on the run blocking versus their pass blocking and the improvements in those areas or lack thereof as well? Well, I think a lot of pass pass blocking is all about confidence. Um, and I think as this group continues to grow and learn and um, and have a – I think it's also going to help to have a stable quarterback situation. Um, I don't know if we're going to have that this year with uh, – you know, the Rayola kid coming in. I know, you know, as fans, we all are kind of hoping that that he gets the reins immediately and we're, you know, we're going to have to live with some ups and downs. But to have a four-year starter quarterback would be a tremendous help for offensive line play because then that, that group of offensive line and that young quarterback can grow together and understand each other because, uh, you know, I, I had uh, – uh, the, the great benefit of, of playing in front of Zach Taylor and Joey Gans. And on every single uh, pass, pass protection, I knew where they were going to be. You know, uh, that was something that was taught. Uh, the number of step drop it was, where the pocket was supposed to be set up. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty technical with all that stuff there. Uh, but uh, the point of it is, is, is that these, this offensive line group, group needs confidence in their protection. And there seems to have been uh, a dis- disconnect between the quarterbacks and the offensive line uh, that hopefully we aren't going to have to deal with going, going forward. And on the run, the run blocking side of things, it's just knowing your assignment so well, being 100% sure of your assignment that you can just turn it loose. Because if you go out there, a player's call, and you're not totally sure, the communication from the center isn't precise and exact, and the communication you know, from the guards to the tackles aren't exactly precise, then you're going into a play you're not sure, and you aren't able to fully turn it loose. So these guys, uh, you know, as long as they keep – keep studying their butt off so they can turn it loose in the running game and then them and the quarterback working together to know the uh, uh, having spatial awareness of the pocket. I think uh, this offensive line has, has, has the potential of improving very, very quickly. Dude, I'll tell you what. You're, when it comes to run blocking, I'll speak from a D lineman's perspective. When you were talking about earlier just firing off and hitting somebody in the mouth, dude, that makes all the difference in the world. You brought up Seppo. Seppo, Richie Incognito, yourself, Alan Fanica, Joe Thomas. I mean, those were some of the guys when it came to run blocking specifically. First of all, you guys are enormous. But second of all, you guys would all fire off. All right, and so that, that was a big thing. And I, you're, I agree, you're right. The offensive line was just firing off a lot better last year, plus everything you mentioned. And I love the technical stuff you brought up in pass pro. I don't think that's been talked about enough. And, again, I'll speak from a defensive end's perspective. The, the toughest quarterbacks to rush isn't necessarily the fastest guy. I found Tom Brady and Peyton Manning absolutely nauseating to rush. Th- those guys can't run to save their lives. They don't have to. But it's when the offensive lineman knows exactly where they're going to be. And for us as defensive linemen, 
those guys moved around the pocket so well. As long as there was a pocket, they were going to be hard to get to. Guys like Michael yeah. Vick, I mean, Mike, he was tough to get because he was just so freaking fast. He's one of one. But outside of guys like that, like if the offensive line knew where the quarterback was going to be, it made my life tougher as a quarterback or as a pass rusher getting to the quarterback. And if the offensive line wasn't sure, I'd get a big smile on my face because you could almost see it on the old line's face. Like they don't know yeah. where the quarterback's going to be, which helped me out. And if you think about the fact that we had three different starting quarterbacks last year, how can there realistically be any synchronicity between where the quarterback's going to be and right. what the offensive line can expect? So you make some great points, dude. It's been too long. Let's keep in touch even more often, and thank you for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me, Adam. All right, don't go anywhere, ladies, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.